Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. It's My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you're subscribed anywhere you get podcasts. And be sure to follow me on socials at MLUPod. You can also support My Little Underground for as little as $1 a month. Link is in the description and over at PeterAradio.com. Today on the show, we have Palberta talking about their brand new album, Palberta 5000. We talked about their focus on melody for the project, John Coltrane's influence, having a Wikipedia page, and so much more with Palberta on My Little Underground. Okay, ladies, let's talk about uh, Palberta 5000. The new album that's coming, oh, that's here by the time this comes out. Uh, the, the one thing I, I like about this is, you know, your, your new direction, so to speak. You're focusing more on on melody this time around. Is it because that's what you're you're feeling now, or that's the music that you've been listening to recently, or what? Um, I think that's yeah, pretty much like that's what we're feeling right now. That's the music we're listening to, and we're all like. I think that's kind of, we know that that's like a talent between the three of us that like we can harmonize well together and write melodies well together. And I think we just wanted to take that farther. Yeah. And, and the teaser tracks for, for this one um, really just caught my ear. And I think that was your goal. And I think uh, I'm very excited to see what everybody else thinks about it too because i'm a big melody person i love melodies and catchy choruses and everything so what what kind of melody rich music have you ladies been listening to you know during the recording of this album mm. i feel like the three of us each listen to different music on our own sometimes but like when we're together we often listen to we listen to a lot of pop music um we all got really into justin bieber's newest album changes <clears throat> Um, we all like Liz Fair and Lucinda Williams, um, lots of like funk music. No, Liz Fair is cool. Like she's really like songs, songs like Supernova, like, you know, I, I, like, I love that song. Yeah. Like what, what funk on this? Cause I've been listening to Trouble Funk, uh, obsessively recently. What's that? Trouble, Trouble Funk, the DC go-go group. Whoa, that sounds sick. Yeah, that's cool. They're amazing. I'll send you a link after we get off. Cool. Sweet. Nina, what funk have you been listening to? Um, I've, man, a lot. Like I've been going through, uh, I feel like a lot of like singular songs and I've been like kind of making playlists and stuff. Like um, I've been like discovering different like specifically female singers like Denise Williams and um, like other like female groups. Um, there's this one group from Philly, I'm forgetting the name of, but they do that song I showed you guys. It's like, you gonna make me love somebody else if you keep on treating me the way you do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, cool. You know, yeah. Do you, you track this, uh, you track Palberta 5000 in about four days, right? Is that business as usual? That is that usually how it goes when you're making an album? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, last time, last time we took a week, but I mean, a lot of the time it, it is not very long process. We prepare a lot ahead of time. 
what is your process ahead of time before you get into the studio? Um, like we just practiced a lot as if we were gonna, we actually tried once to go on tour for a week before we recorded. So we had like more practice playing the songs, um, but we'll just practice like intensely because we've learned that we get a lot better of the songs after the album comes out, after the last, like the first few albums came out, we got a lot better post the album release. So, and then you, I don't know. So yeah, but usually like three to four days. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> like this time around with Palberta 5000, did you record this pre-COVID or during uh, the last couple of months? We recorded this like a year ago, I think. Oh. Last December. Last December, yeah. So like, we're just writing, we've already been just like working on writing new music during COVID. Yeah, definitely a pre-COVID album. So yeah. Alberta 5001 is on the way uh, for 2022. Is that what you're Yeah, talking? yeah. All 5001. Right. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Now we don't need to think of a band name. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> album <I'm> name. <laughs> we should oh. a band name. My coffee's coming. My coffee's coming. Got it. Uh, so, you know, songs like Corner Store and uh, Big Bad Wants, you, you tested live uh, before you recorded this. So do you do you typically do that? Is that business as usual when you make an album? Like you, you'll you write a song, you'll, you'll rehearse it, and then you'll play it live, and then you put it on an album. Is that it? Yeah, except we, some of them we wrote, and we didn't have a chance to reform them, I think, um, or we just weren't ready. But we write as the year goes on, and we don't really hold songs back. Um, from live performance um, just to save for people to hear record because it's a totally different experience anyways and it's good practice yeah we also you know we have so many songs we can't remember how to play most of them so so only certain yeah. songs at the end of the day make the rotation because I think we just like can't remember how to play a lot of the music we write especially because we switch so much sometimes we forget who played what like I'll forget that I played drums on the song. It's it's kind of bonkers. How much of this album was written during the recording process and how much was, you know, the, the songs prepared ahead of time? Like, you know, we talked about Corner Store and Big Bad Want, but what are other songs on here that you've you've done prior to recording or vice versa, you've done during the recording process? Every song. Yeah, we wrote all the songs before recording. The what only Jeopardy. We wrote that before. Well, we like we learned it before. The okay. only um the only like additions that we made up in the moment were maybe like overdub ideas. Like, yeah, like harmonies, maybe sometimes or yeah. Our ideas. Every that would take a lot longer to record probably if we wrote stuff during the session. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, like, yeah, like the over a lot of overdubs were inspired on the spot. So do you do you ladies write songs in a traditional way? Like you'll you'll write down lyrics and then you'll bring it to a practice and then you'll bring it to a studio, or is it just you know you're while you're rehearsing, it kind of comes in a improvisational manner? It's while we're rehearsing, we never come to this table with ideas it's very rare that that happens um because we just bounce ideas off each other in person like live action um songwriting and that's why they're all like written like completely equally because we're all there 
during that time. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. I don't, I don't know how. The only songs that we've ever learned are covers, I guess, or like learned from each other. Do you think that makes for a more cohesive album when you guys are just in the um, rehearsal uh, kind of jam mode? Is that if that makes any sense? Yeah, I think like the fact that we kind of write all the songs in like a chunk of time, you know, yeah, kind of makes an album cohesive. Like, I think we try and just like write for a while. Like we don't we try not to like write a song and then like a year or two later record it or something. You know, it's like, you know, all the songs kind of are created in a batch in a moment of time. And I think that kind of adds to the cohesion because they're all written around the same time. Yeah, that's true. Tell me about John Coltrane's influence on Something in the Way. Oh, yeah. Well, that kind of like... I came like we were I don't think we ever intended to reference it necessarily but like our good friend Pablo um sadly died uh skateboarding and he loved John Coltrane I think we were kind of playing the song we were writing the song around that time and we noticed like the chords that Nina was playing on the guitar sounded like Love Supreme and he he like loved John Coltrane actually like Nina and I went to like the memorial service at the John Coltrane Church in San Francisco and it was like really beautiful and I think like who knows probably you know that reference kind of came out of that unknowingly and then from there we were like oh like we were just like this is a ref and it was not only a ref John Coltrane there was a ref to our friend Pablo and it was like you know but yeah we love John Coltrane I, I love John Coltrane I think everyone else does too Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> so that means more trumpet on future Alberta albums, then. Yeah, we we ha- we we have a so. trumpet player and a, a, a friend. So yeah. yeah, he's the one that plays the horn section on before we, before I got here. Oh, um, I can't tell yeah. you how much I love that part. Yeah, he's just an amazing. His name's Matt Norman. Yeah, he's an amazing horn player. He has all different kinds. He collects them, and he lives with me and Ani. He uh, recorded this album for you, right? No. Different Matt. A different Matt. Oh. Matt Laboza. We know a lot of Matt's in, the, in this oh, world. Insane. I grew up on Long Island. There are tons oh, of really? Yeah. Where is Long Island? I feel like most. Where is like... Long Island? Okay. Um, Nassau County, Valley Stream. Oh, my yeah. family's all from Massapequa. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't grow up in, I grew up in New York City, but my mom and like her side of the family is all from Massapequa, and she yeah. grew up in that's cool. Yeah. All of y'all studied at Bard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me what you, is there anything that you've learned from studying music over there that you apply to Palberta? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> Probably. I, I mean, mean, I was about to say I no. Like, uh, one, like, this isn't really, like, um, so much about what I learned, but I feel like because our band started there amongst like a lot of other bands that our friends were in at Bard at the same time. Like, I feel like, and we were all going to shows a lot um, at Bard. I feel like our music was probably, whether or not it was intentional, was probably kind of inspired by some of that music that we were hearing around us. Um, Cause there was like a really like rich, 
music community there, you know? Uh, but. And our musical studies too. Like, you know, we all studied music at Bard. That, so that definitely played a part, you know, probably subconsciously. Yeah. I think we learned a lot of performance and like uh, there's a class we all took called performance and video um and I feel like we I learned a lot about performance in that and like how to perform to an audience instead of just like play an instrument we like added that to our band um the performative quality of like playing live and what you can do when you think of formal music training and then when you when you hear your music it's like it's so it's so like left field, you know what I mean? Like in, in any of your studies, was was that kind of encouraged? Because in my mind, you know, I'm, I may have like a certain stigma with formal music training. Um, do Did they ever like, did anyone, did you have any kind of professor that um, supported experimentation and just thinking outside the box? Yeah, well, I, I'll go ahead. I was just gonna say like at Bard, I, kind of had like one foot in the like classical composition field and then like one foot in the more like experimental music side um and it was I had a lot of I feel like I had a lot of experiences because I I did a lot of like more experimental stuff in the classical composition that I did there and like a lot of the players and teachers were really not down with a lot of it, but I was really lucky to have one teacher who I like worked with one-on-one who is like an amazing composer, Grammy winning legend, um, Joan Tower. And she was really encouraging of kind of like me just being new to it all and experimenting and, I feel like I was really lucky to have that experience because like not everyone in that department was open to that, you know. Did Uh, anybody tell you, this is how you write a song or this is the right way to write a song? Yeah. Yeah, like- I had that experience too. I had an experience where like a teacher told me that I was like writing music for violin in a way that they weren't supposed to be playing or like, yeah, it was just really discouraging. (laughs) Um, I took a lot of experimental music classes specifically. So I feel like the whole point of those were like to, or they were like called electronic music. That was the, that's what I majored in. But like, you could really do whatever you wanted as long as it was like creative and like fit the assignment kind of. So I never had anyone like tell me that I had done the assignment wrong. It was really if you didn't put any effort into the assignment, I guess, or, you know, or they were just really like, they just didn't like it. It would just, um, so I didn't, I, ne- I didn't have any experience with like the composition major things or like being in that. Did you, did any of you girls ever take a music business, music industry class? Did Bart ever... No, any of that, Mm-mm. and we really don't. We're learning. Oh, yeah, right. So you learn on the job, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did is it true? Did you were you able to get a steel drum from a restaurant? Yes, yeah. Wait, both me and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's true. 
It's true, and I, uh, yep, that's how I made my fire pit in my backyard. Oh, oh cool. wait, I didn't know you got it from a restaurant. Like, you can usually get them from, rest, like, the you can ask, like, people at restaurants if you can. Oh. But I didn't actually get mine from a restaurant. It's really, like, you can do that because restaurants always have them, but I, I just looked on Craigslist and some guy was selling it, selling a bunch of them for super cheap. I mean... Wow. That was like a, um, Nardware. That was funny. Nardware. What did you say? That was a Nardware question. Were yeah, you? I was like, damn, you dug it. But actually, it's because of that thing that we just did. So anyway, yeah. Yep. That's a high compliment compared to you. <laughs> I think that's great. I love Nardware. <laughs> Big inspiration to me. Yeah, yeah he's great. I wonder if there's any other, like, musical, uh, not, I guess musical instruments or any kind of anything that a musician would use that like chefs or, you know, any kind of people work in, you know, the restaurant industry use that can be given to musicians. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pots and pans, you know, classic <laughs> when you're a kid. <laughs> I still do it today. That's so true. I've always given the kids pots and pans to bang on. It sounds yep. so good too. I so, feel like when you're a kid, you gotta just bang on shit. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. I performed outside my house with pots and pans, um, as a kid, and I yeah, made your little Park Slope out. crew. Yeah, me yeah. From Park Slope, really, not me. And Nina's technically, me basically. Near yeah, that Brooklyn. Yeah. But not on. D Town BK. Yeah. ATBK. <laughs> So I, you know, I think Palberta made it because you have a Wikipedia page now. So how do you feel about that? Like, how does how does that sit well it's with a the pretty, group? It's about time. It's I mean, it's really time. not not the most descriptive Wikipedia page, yeah, but but still pretty exciting. Cool, but like we're not we we're not just indie rock band. You know what I'm saying? Someone's got to expand on the genre. Individual rock. That's what I'm gonna think. Say that it is. Like we're like like individuated rock. Like we're like unique. Yeah. Yeah, we are unique. We're more unique than indie. You know. Uh-huh. I feel like we're more like rock, just like rock and roll. Really? I don't know what we are. I don't know. No one knows. What do you think? <laughs> Should we be American indie rock band? You should be uh, an Americana band. How about that? Oh, shit. Americana okay. funk uh, bubblegum jazz <laughs> group. <laughs> okay. We definitely have some bubblegum. I thought going. you were going to say bubble butt for some reason. <laughs> oh, my God. Bubble butt. Oh, well, that too. That too. That too. Not too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, these are great. Like, these should be on your band camp, you know? You're right. Bubble yeah. Butt. Yeah. Bubble butt. Yeah. The hashtags. Bubble, bubble butt, butt rock, rock, rock is a bubble bubble butt. Butt. Yeah. well you know they had there's a certain name for um like certain active rock stations they were called quote-unquote butt rock and yeah like, i love butt rock. rock yeah nothing but rock and all that yeah yeah wait there's chin rock and then what's butt, rock? butt rock's a little different chin rock is but rock's a little more punk rock like there's like kind of it's like more like I mean, I think like butthole surfers kind of. I, I thought it's that like that made kind of. Yeah, chin rock like a. Chin rock is Creed, Nickelback. Yeah, Nickelback, Creed, 
uh, yeah. Chevelle, stuff like that. I like both. I'm into both. Me See, too. that's what I like about you girls. You're very unapologetic in what you listen to, you know? Yeah, it's all over the place, honestly. I like yeah. It. It's great. I feel like we have to, I think my job as a podcaster is to break stigmas in music, make people feel comfortable what they listen to. There's nothing that you should or shouldn't listen to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a good podcast voice. It's very like huh. direct. Thank you. Compliment. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't hold you girls any longer. Um, so tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can buy the album. We're Palberta, Palberta on Instagram. We're Palberta5000 on Twitter. We got a Facebook page. We have a Facebook. There. I said we got a Facebook page. Oh, I thought you said we have no Facebook. We page. have Gmail. You have Facebook. Palberta, Palberta at Gmail. And you uh, can what else do we have? Our band phone camp? numbers. 917. No, just kidding. Uh-huh. We have a, a Bandcamp. We got Spotify. We got Apple Music. We have social security numbers. Yeah. Aim. And them for a prank. Yeah, AIM. <laughs> yeah, Yahoo. Got AOL. Yeah, AOL. I do have an AOL. We got Comcast. We got Earthlink. Comcast. We got Xbox Firefox. Live. We got DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. <laughs> got Nintendo. Nintendo. I got Nintendo. We got Blocks. We have Beepers. Beepers. Cakes. iPod Touches. Chickens. Oh. Chicken. Burritos. <laughs> we got breakfast coming up. <laughs> yeah, breakfast. We got breakfast coming up. <laughs> we got lunch later. We got dinner after that lunch. <laughs> we got Betamax. Oh, yeah. Naps coming. Oh, I can't wait for that after the nap. Stables. Uh, horse prom. stables. We got the prom coming up. We got horses. We got the prom coming up. We got, we got some donkeys. Uh, aqueduct racetrack. Uh, we all are waiting to be asked to the prom. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Ten years later, I'm still waiting. Yeah, We're still waiting. The three of us. Uh, what else? You got um, fame and fortune. Pals, right? Pals, right? Yeah, we have pen pals. Postcards. 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 Coming up. We got a lot of oceans and rivers. Ocean. We got a couple of dollar bills, but not much. Well, yeah, we would like more. We got boats. We got, we got boats. We, we have success. We, we have fame. We have a bunch of It's a of fun boats. game. We have <laughs> what do we not actually have? The game is just name stuff. Okay, now it's like we don't have potato chips money we don't have money no. we, we don't, don't have, have we don't have groceries we don't have any stocks left <laughs> i don't have these shoes i really like wait what happened to the shoes what oh i do have those shoes you have, two pairs you have some shoes. good shoes come on you that you like you have more i find that. shoes in the trash a lot really yeah I need the best luck with finding cool shit on the street. I found those high top Adidas superstars. They're really fresh. In the I garden? Found them in the trash. They what? fit you. They That's fit crazy. me perfectly. You're a sneakerhead, Ani? Uh, yeah, trash sneakerhead. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> we That's all a good like- There you go. Trash sneakerhead. <laughs> I feel like we've never yeah. bought new shoes like any of us. I- I find yeah. all my shit. Yeah. I buy my sneakers on eBay. 
Yeah. You need to buy some on eBay. I don't know what I do. I go to thrift stores. It's not as interesting, you know, as trash. Oh, thrift stores are the shit. Yeah, they are. But like, it's hard, you know, when you want to go, when you go and you're like, I need sneakers, I'm going to go to the thrift store. I feel like it's, you know, only a small chance that you'll find them, you know? That's the one thing thrift stores do have. They got shoes. That's what I feel. That's true. true. The Hudson, the Hudson, what the Salvation Army has like the worst shoes. I just remember when I used to live there, it was just never, I never scored, except I got those baby like, you got those Air Jordan, those those yeah, vibes the though. Time, but there was like that was the only time, and those make my feet look like they don't exist. You guys, I <laughs> just I forgot. I thought I told you this, and I forgot. But I recently got a pair of sneakers on eBay. Another pair. What are they? You'll. I'll send you a picture. Nina has more sneakers, the shoes than anyone that actually know. Gabe does. Does Gabe, Gabe? Gabe does. I don't know. I'm up there. I don't know. I have like I there, but they're all broken. five pairs. Yeah, it's a lot. It's me too. I think I got yeah five. What's no, your favorite sneaker? Favorite right now, sneakers? my favorite one. Oh, I was sorry. talking to Peter. I got these pair of Air Forces that I love. Oh, oh I, those were the ones I just got. You got Air Forces? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, like which ones? White? The class? They're red and black. Whoa! Oh, hot. Hot. My mom. Peter, what are yours? Um, it's black on white. Oh, I like those. Yeah. Yeah, you got them in the room? Yeah, I'll show you. Hold on. Yeah, show them. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, those are fresh. Those are very fresh. I, I gotta clean them, though. They're kind of dirty. I have $350 shoes that I actually found in a mansion, so that's interesting. Where was those that? Are... What mansion is that? It's where my, my friend Sophia Warren's parents live, and I lived there for a month like in November. It's like a Brooklyn Park Slope, Clinton Hill, not Park Slope, Clinton Hill mansion, but I found these really expensive shoes. Oh um, no, I just didn't know my phone work. is about to die. I just All got right. the. All right, ladies. Anyway. It's been so much fun to talk Bye-bye. to you. Yeah, thanks so much for having fun. Yeah, I can't wait to hear the album and I can't wait to see you guys all in person. that will be cool. Yeah, we'll kick it sometime Hell in Long yeah. Island. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in New York now, so. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Wherever. <laughs>